Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Sean Sertikowski. Got it right this time. Yes, um, founder and creative director at AVEX, a New York City-based creative technology and e-commerce optimization agency for extraordinary brands. Um, John has over 20 years of experience. Um, I'll list this all out um, in the show notes about John. Um, but what's kind of been amazing to me is um, what you've done with our connection with um, with through Clavio or Clavio, however you pronounce it, basically the Rolls Royce of B2C email marketing. And I just kind of looked at your website and I think you reached out to me and I was like, you know what, I'm going to reach out to see if you're going to be a guest. And you're like, yeah, I would be honored. And I thought that was really cool the way that, well, one, the webinar, how you um, were very personable and how you approach things from a, a customer experience as well as how AVEX has been presented. And I, and I looked at the web traffic for AVEX and I was very impressed um, that you, you practice what you preach and then just your, your humbleness. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to talk to this guy named John. So, <laughs> Hey John, thanks for being on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I love that intro. It was perfect. So, um, I was just interested in your background. I mean, you've worked with, I mean, I've mentioned to some people, I mean, you've worked with some pretty awesome brands from like, Oh, I I'm like, I'm reading the list here. It's like HBO, us network, pony, Google, Iconics brand group. I mean, the list goes on and on. And from your years of experience kind of going into something, I think there's a lot of people who, you know, are starting a new job, starting a new company and different things. And, you, and you've kind of done the whole gamut, but kind of more so of why did you start? What was your passion with starting, you know, um, AVEX designs? Sure. So um, I started AVEX and it kind of branched off from a freelance business. So, and, and I've told the story a few times and I kind of, hopefully I don't tell it the same way each time and it gets boring, but um, I, all I wanted to do was write blog posts and, and design websites. That was it. I, I worked for numerous different agencies. So I worked for uh, a lot of the big Madison Avenue agencies in New York. So uh, BBDO, Havas, I did some time at McCann Erickson, like various here and there just doing cons some consulting worth on, work on design um and then i was i was about a doing like a year gig at havas which is a huge you know global advertising agency and i just wasn't loving what i was doing and on the side at night and on weekends i was designing websites i was learning more about wordpress and responsive design was just starting to come out and this was around 2010 and all I wanted, I was like, I just want to blog and, and, and design websites. That's it. And I just quit my job one day. I had a couple of bucks. And when I say a couple of bucks, it was literally, I really didn't have much in the bank account at all. It might have been like $2. Uh, but I quit my job. And I had a couple of freelance clients. And I was just working with them. And at that time, I really only did design and a little bit of development. I, I started off doing flash development many, many years ago in the early 2000s. Um, but then I got more into HTML, CSS, and I taught myself WordPress. And that's when I started to really get some traction with freelance. I was doing the design, the UX, the UI, the development from the front end and the back end. And that was very attractive to a lot of companies that I could kind of do all of those together. Um, so I started working with uh, some of the brands that you mentioned, like USA Network and HBO. And um, uh, I was freelancing for some, some agencies. And then I, I, I really just made that 
my full-time business, just being a freelancer. Uh, and slowly, I started to add more clients. So I would say one of the biggest clients that we got or that I got when it was just me made one hire, had a designer helping me out, uh, but it, I was still doing the majority of the work. I hired, we, we, we got uh, Pony Sneakers, uh, which was really huge. And that they're at, they were at the time, they were actually owned by Iconics Brand Group. So we worked with them and then ended up working on Iconics and I had to make a couple of hires and that's what led also to Kith, and we partnered with Kith on 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 some stuff for for UX and UI on the Shopify Plus store. And from there, you know, we just started to get more and more requests and make more and more hires. Uh, and that's pretty much why I started it. It was just really it rooted back to just wanting to design websites and write blogs. Uh, and now it's grown into you know like a twenty five person agency. Uh, we have you know some. Uh, developers who work all over the globe, all over the country. Uh, and it's pretty amazing with some some of the growth that's happened. And most of that growth has actually happened over the past two years. Uh, because in 2018, a couple of the employees that I had, the two at the time, they left and they moved on to other jobs and they're doing great. Uh, but we weren't growing as fast as we should be. And then just something happened in 2018 where uh, there was just rapid growth. So we went from like zero employees to 20 plus uh, in the past couple of years. And, and really, that's where the growth of Avix really started a couple of years ago. That's freaking awesome. I was also, I mispronounced um, Avix because I think it's the Midwestern in me. I was saying Avix. <laughs> <laughs> so now I know Avix, it's yeah, Avix. Avix. Yeah, I was like, yeah, oh crap, I mispronounced the name. <laughs> it's not a real word, to be honest. Um, it's, 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 I actually grew up on, in Brooklyn and um, I grew up on Avenue X and it, at the time when I was just coming up with a name for a domain name for my portfolio, I was like, oh, I live on Avenue X, so I'm just going to call it Avex. So it's like a br- abbreviation for Avenue X, and it ended up being uh, the company name, which just kind of stuck. That's, that's awesome. Um, and, the, and the massive growth I've seen, and I've also seen that you are like a, a Shopify Plus partner, correct? <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, we're we're Shopify, Shopify Plus agency partner, and we I would say ninety nine percent of our projects are on Shopify Plus, especially with with our e commerce projects. But we're also partners with a lot of other tech companies. So uh, e commerce is our our bread and butter. That's what we do. We, that's what we do best: uh, design and build on Shopify Plus. But uh, we're also partners with Contentful, which is a headless CMS. Uh, we're partners with some a lot of other tech partners in the space. Clavio is one of them for email marketing. Uh, but I would say Shopify plus is like our biggest partnership when it comes to, you know, how much we work together and partner on a lot of these, uh, a lot of these projects. Yeah. I was actually really impressed because I mean, I don't think unless you're on Shopify, people don't understand that like the, the, the level of, Oh, I'm on the Shopify, like middle tier. And then Shopify plus is everything that's custom on the Shopify platform. And so there's, there could be a lot of, um, I mean, it's basically the sky's the limit. On, on how you want to do, build the shopping experience. Yeah, I mean, you could get pretty. It depends. Like, so you have your you have Shopify core, which is where you could start, and you could grow within there, and you could be doing millions in revenue and stay on Shopify core. Um, but when you want to start getting a little bit more on the enterprise level, well, the anti enterprise, um, and you need some, maybe you want to have automations, or you need a merchant success manager, someone from Shopify to help out, priority support more customizations, things like that, uh, is when brands start to elevate to Shopify plus. Uh, but even beyond that, a a lot, 
like headless commerce has been really huge right now, something that we've been exploring more and more and, and working with partners. Um, uh, so Shopify Plus could be used headless, which is at, at that point, you're right, sky's the limit because you could do whatever you want with headless commerce. Uh, and especially with um, even other partners like Shogun that integrates into Shopify Plus, another great partner of ours. Uh, we're building some headless websites with Shogun, which is really interesting. So I'd say we came in at the right time, started the company at the right time. And, um, you know, e-commerce is just exploding right now. So it's like, and it's what's crazy is that it's still in, in its infancy. So e-commerce is still in, in its infancy. Um, but so many things are happening and exploding right now. So it's just, it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens over the next like three to five years. You mentioned a few brands with uh, familiar with Clavio, familiar with Shogun now. Um, that's oh, yeah. a really slick brand. Uh, if anybody wants to check that out, especially with the e-commerce, I mean, I mean, you can design templates and then just integrate the URL and just like you know have it go over. And I thought that was really cool of the design interface of yeah. how that makes that. And so, getting into some more questions, so we don't want to get into the nitty gritty with the tools <laughs> and everything. Sure. But um, you know, how did you, how did you get into helping you know D 2 C branch? You've kind of hinted on some on some stuff earlier on. Mm-hmm. What kind of made you say, you know, this is why we this is why I like it. This is why you know we're mainly e commerce. You know, yeah. kind of what kind of evolved from there? Sure, that's a great question, and I, I would say it's a few things. It's probably not one thing in particular, but it it kind of happens slowly and quickly at the same time, if that makes sense. But uh, if we were doing just websites, really, and it could have, it wasn't for direct to consumer companies. I mean, it might have been B2B. We, we, we actually did a, a bunch of big websites for like financial companies like Cantor Fitzgerald, which is a huge financial company. Uh, we worked on their website and uh, um, sh- we did some work for Shutterstock. Uh, we also did some work for Google, like on their nonprofits for for like some Google banners for them. Um, we also worked with uh, Dan and Yogurt on um, some essential content for Amazon. So we were working with, a, with, with some well-known names, but D2C started to really um, started to really grow. I would say for me, where I noticed it, I mean, it was growing before this, but I noticed it more around maybe like 2016, 2017. uh, And I really started to make a push to be like, wow, we did, I think, I think at that time we did uh, enlightened ice cream Shopify store. Right. And we really had a good time doing it. And I was like, wow, I was like, this is, you know, e-commerce is where it's at. I, we need to get more of these. So I started to talk with Shopify, inquire about a shop of be, becoming Shopify Plus partners, and that was a lengthy process that took a while. And it was just a matter of time of just building up case studies because no one wants to work with an agency that has isn't really doing e-commerce, right? So what I really wanted to do was work a lot in fashion uh, and really put our, uh, my head down and, and focus. And that's where we landed Kith. That's when we started to work with like Marquesa and then Bagley Mishka and Rimakra and a lot of these fashion brands, which just led to even more fashion brands uh, like O'Neill and Tomboy X and Wolf and Shepherd and uh, a lot of these other. So we're, we're really well known for our fashion brands, especially with direct to consumer brands. And why I got into working with them was because it's just a lot more fun, you know, especially in e-commerce. Um, it's a lot more fun to create something that is going to change more often. Uh, a content website is, is is cool sometimes, but it wasn't really fulfilling. Like uh, I didn't really feel that I was bringing value. It was more just like, okay, we're a commodity. We could design and develop. Now with e-commerce, we're talking more about value. And that's really important is that 
well, look, we understand what your conversion rate is. And there are many different ways that we can increase that conversion rate. So just just the conversations that even happen pre-sale with a lot of these direct-to-consumer brands are very interesting. So can we increase conversions using content? Can it happen with marketing? Can it happen with conversion rate optimization, user experience, customer experience? What tools are we going to use? So it's just so many more things to focus on and so many more things uh, at our disposal, that it's just a, a lot more interesting than just doing something that might be B2B or um, a, just a content driven website that's not e commerce. So that, that's one of the main reasons. I guess, in short, it's just a lot more interesting. Um, I think you hit upon it. Like, it is, I mean, working in e commerce um, right now, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's like you almost yeah. play a psychologist. Don't you feel like that? Like, why did that person pick that, like that dress over that dress? Or <laughs> why did they pick those shoes over those? Like, even if it was like just the color, like wh- why would they do that? Why is it in fact, why is it in style? What, that, what dictates people's buying behaviors? Yeah. Um, and you notice that, especially with, um, which leads into my next question is, um, what challenges have you seen or just insights that you want to, you want to talk about, you know, you know, pre, um, pre and post, um, you know, with COVID, with everything, with the quarantine happening, the shutdowns, everything mm-hmm. in March, like, what did you see kind of leading up to that of like, even last holiday season, even to leading up to this holiday season? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, a lot of things, uh, some things that stand out would be brands are having trouble cutting through the noise. Um, especially on social media with influencers and, and, and all of that. So it's been, and also marketing um, uh, on Facebook and Instagram and other channels, even like LinkedIn and, and, and Google have become insanely expensive. Uh, a few years ago, you could start a brand, make it look cool, run ads on Facebook and sell a ton of product. And it's getting a lot harder to do that um, because people are, are, not there a lot of these brands are looking the same so becoming setting yourself setting your brand apart and standing out and being different uh, is is becoming a, a lot more difficult especially with a lot of these brands who look the same feel the same uh and it's just it's just some of these products are not even solving a problem. Um, You know, how many skincare brands could come out that do the exact same thing, but they just have really good packaging. Now, what's, what problem are you solving? So I think that's a big thing. That's, that's a challenge for a lot of brands that might be coming out that you have to do something that sets yourself apart. Uh, And there's some brands that are doing it really well right now. And there's other brands that not. So like one brand that stood out um, that we've been, that, that I've been following for a while um, is a brand called Ro- Rowing Blazers. Uh, and they make, you know, it's kind of like um, modern fashion, but uh, it's more contemporary, but it uses like this throwback type of these blazers that like, uh, like rowers, like it comes from like, I think the owner was like a, um, a rower in college or something or Olympic rowers, something like that. Don't quote me on it. Uh, but it's kind of like this throwback J crew type of look. But more modern, a bit of streetwear mixed into it. And it's really different. And that's what's making them stand out. Like nobody thought of to doing that. Uh, and they're blowing up right now and, and, and doing really well. Or like one of our clients, Wolf and Shepherd, who makes um, men's shoes, but they have athletic soles in them, a proprietary technology. Uh, and they did things where they had like a marathon runner run a marathon uh, in one of their dress shoes. 
or they'll have someone skateboarding in their dress shoes. So they're creating content that's very different and their product actually solves a problem, right? And it's still fashionable and it's really cool. Uh, House, another brand that we partnered with Jen Lane on, they are doing something very different. They found a loophole to be able to sell direct to cons- an alcoholic brand direct to consumer because it's an aperitif and it's lower alcohol and they, they're playing off of the market who, you know, people don't like, some people don't like to get you know, really drunk nowadays, or they might want to go out. So there's definitely challenges there where you brands have to do something different. So that's something that 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 we saw for for our, that some advice for brands that you have to like separate your, yourself and, and kind of see what your value prop is. Uh, so that's been some some challenges. And and for us, those you know where where on the brand side of things, on the user experience side of things, in turn, we also have to do certain things that are different that are going to make them stand out on the, with their e-commerce store. Uh, that's prior to 2020. Right now, the, the, those challenges are, 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 are still there, uh, but they're a lot more complex. But uh, we're definitely seeing huge growth in e-commerce right now um, due to the lockdowns and people ordering online. So there's been huge growth there. So a lot of the challenges in the beginning might have been um, with uh, supply chain or fulfillment. We saw a lot of merchants hit, got hit with that, uh, but they've overcome that. So right now, it, it's it's probably the best time to start a business, to be honest. That, like right now, within the next six months to a year, maybe a little bit, it's, it's a really good time to start a business. So there are going to be some challenges, but it's a really good time to start to start a brand or business and grow it. Um, it's just history has shown during like... Um, times of economic stress and times of like recessions or um, certain disasters, it's it's a really good time to actually start a business. Uh, so there's some challenges, but there's definitely some upsides as well. It's kind of a wake up call. It's like kind of throwing yourself under a cold shower. And you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I didn't think of that. And then also some of the brands you work with, it almost sounds like they're like the modern day James Bond. <laughs> think about oh, that. Like I was like, thinking about them, like dress shoes that you can run in, and right? then the alcohol that's less, like that's less. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know, I know that he does like the the martini or something like that. I'm like, that could be, I could be oh, a little mix well together. You got your blazer right. and your shoes and your uh, aperitif. <laughs> but you, but you, you mentioned on something too that was was interesting with like with each one of those products, it just wasn't a singular product. It had like a dual function on things. Yeah. Have you exactly. seen have you seen more of that um, as being a popularity with with especially with people who are buying? I mean, it could be fashion, it could be it could be home decor, it could be other things. Like, what what have you seen in like just the e commerce space with that kind of stuff too? Yeah, I, I definitely feel like when there's 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 a lot of different D 2 C brands that are coming out, right? And I think the successful ones are just like what you just mentioned. Like, there's something else there. There's a twist to it. It's like a product that we all use and and product that we all may love, but there's something different about it. And then there's the other brands that are just doing the same thing, not solving a problem and just putting a, a fresh new coat of paint on it. So brands that are doing things that are really different, I think those are the ones that are going to stand out. Like throwing it back some years ago, like look at Warby Parker. They didn't invent stylus glass glasses, but the process to get them and the price and the quality, that was all like a perfect match. Like you, you could order them online and get them shipped to your house and try them on. And then they're still stylish and they're not super expensive, but they don't look cheap, right? So they kind of had 
And that's like the holy grail of what a lot of brands are looking for. Something that is inexpensive. It's good quality. Well, good quality. They last. They're not, you know, top of the line, but it's a, it's a good product. It's, and, and the customer service is there. Those three things, when you have great customer experience, great customer service, um, a, a good product at an affordable price, that's like the holy grail. So a lot of brands aren't able to do all three of those things. A lot of brands, maybe they'll hit a home run, like even like Apple, right? Apple has an amazing product. It's a premium product. Um, it They have good customer experience, right? You know, the packaging, end-to-end customer experience, everything feels Apple, but they're expensive. They're not cheap. So it's real. even they don't hit all three of those things. So it's very difficult to do that. But I think the brands that are going to stand out are going to be the, be the ones that really put a, a strong emphasis on customer experience and also solving a problem. Now, in the fashion world, that's hard to do, right? If you're selling shirts or you're selling pants, there are some brands that have done it a little bit differently. Like I'm a big fan of Buck Mason. This is actually a Buck Mason t-shirt. They just fit me well. I The brand speaks to me. And they did that through content. Like they have good shirts, but it's made in the USA. They're pretty affordable. Um, and their, their content just kind of spoke to me, but it's not for everyone. Uh, but they're doing really well. Uh, so there are a lot of brands that are going to have like a certain niche and they're going to do really well in those in that space. Uh, and there's other brands that are trying to really grab everyone. And they're the ones that are going to have to provide some value. They're, they're, gonna, they're the ones that are going to have to have that twist, right? So maybe it's a, a product that you, we may use all the time, but it's going to need to have something special about it. And I think it's going to get harder and harder for brand, for for companies to just spin up brands, just put a face on it and then sell it, especially with influencers. I think influencer marketing does work. Uh, and I think social media is still there, but that's going to get harder and harder because people are kind of seeing through that, especially with everything that's going on with COVID. Like nobody, I don't who wants to hear an influencer push, pushing some product right now, especially when it first started. So I think a lot of that might be eventually trending down. Um, I mean, it's going to be here for a while, influencer marketing, but uh, I think it's things are just been a lot more difficult over the past couple of years. Uh, it's not as easy to just scale a, scale a brand as it was. That's really interesting. I didn't think about the influencer marketing take on that. Um, but it does make sense because people want to direct, buy directly from a company. They want to buy directly from a brand rather than through a person or not through a person, but through um, a figure um, per se. Um, but that makes a lot of sense, especially this time, like where they could do more research at home or they're working more, mm-hmm. or they're doing something, you know, so you hinted on something about customer experience of the, you know, that's kind of been part of the trifecta of, um, you know, what Warby Parker did. I think, um, Harry's razors has done that. I think, um, dollar shave club has done that mm-hmm. where that's why I was kind of researching between dollar shave club and Harry's. And I actually ended up doing Harry's because their blades were just better. Um, yeah. from my perspective, and it could just be a, just a personal preference. Um, but you know, you know how people are competing more these days and you know, the, the vitalness of customer experience, how vital is that to a brand and tech for D to C brands? Like how's the customer experience going to win somebody over if you, if you bought another, mm-hmm. a different, you know, a different branded t-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the expectations for good customer experience are, are just there. Um, customers nowadays they ex- they expect to have immediate responses when it comes to uh, customer service. 
They expect free returns. They expect um, easy exchanges, uh, a way to be able to contact customer service and hear back right away. So there are brands that are having immediate responses when it comes to customer experience. There are brands that have full control over that CX and they're paying close attention to that. And that's really extremely, that's very, very important when it comes to uh, retention. So you want to make that first sale. Um, and after you make that first sale, you want to be able to um, uh, uh, really focus on keeping that customer happy and have them continuously come back to the website in the future when um, because they had a good experience. So and the thing is, you have to be consistent with it because uh, studies have shown if a person has a bad experience, they're more likely to tell a bunch of others that they had a bad experience. But if they had a good experience all the time, they might not tell anyone about it. So people are, that's why you see reviews on websites are always a little bit leaning more towards negative sometimes, a lot of times, because very rarely it, it's more, it's more common for someone to leave a bad review than a good review. Because if I have a good experience, I'm rarely ever going to go to the site and leave a review. Um, it has to be exceptional. There has to be some incentive for it. Uh, but with, um, Bad reviews, if I have a bad experience, I'm leaving a review. So a focus on customer experience is extremely important because you want to retain customers. You want to keep them happy coming back. It's so much cheaper to be able to focus on customer experience and market to your current customers and have them become repeat buyers than it is to try to obtain new customers. So everyone's obsessed with running paid ads, running, uh, you know, building, having more people come in, where more people come in. Really, you need to be focusing on uh, retention and focusing on uh, your, your current um, customers. Uh, and that's where customer experience. But customer experience is an all-encompassed thing, right? So you have user experience under there. You have customer service under there. You have even branding is under customer experience because someone who receives a, a, a package from you and, and what it's wrapped in and what it's like, like once again, to bring back Apple, they have a really good, you know, really great customer experience because everything is Apple end to end. It's full control over it, right? And even Nike, Nike is pulled their product from Amazon because they want more control over that customer experience. Uh, a lot of the brands that we're speaking to, some of the, the, the older brands, legacy brands that have been around for quite a while, they're go, more and more they're going direct to consumer. And the main reason for that is not about, well, it's always about money, but it's not all about money for that. The main reason that we're hearing is that they could have more control over that customer experience. They need to own that customer experience because that's the most, most valuable part of it is having a great customer experience. When, when you have brands selling on Amazon, you have no control. It comes in a prime box. There's no experience there. It just gets shipped to your house. You don't get any kind of emails. You don't get anything from the brand. You're just ordering it, right? And it's great if you're selling a widget, right? A thing that someone needs, whether it's a, um, you know, a USB wire. There's millions of them. You know, I don't need an experience for that. But if I'm buying Nike or if I'm buying Apple or if I'm buying a brand that I really like, I want to have that experience. Like it's the email, it's the tracking, it's the communication, it's the easy returns, things like that. So um, very interested into seeing in seeing what happens with a lot of these brands that are pulling out of Amazon. And some brands are coming more and more to Amazon uh, with hoping that they can control that customer experience. Like with um, a lot of luxury brands going to Amazon for um, their new luxury division, which is like a separate experience outside of the app uh so 
from what, what I heard, they're planning to give the brands more control over that customer experience. So that could be an interesting mix of being able to sell omni-channel and off of your website, but still maintain control over that customer experience. Uh, once again, a lot of interesting things happening in e-commerce right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is really interesting. Um, there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of info, like there's a lot of um, opportunity. I think um, more companies are kind of noticing, you know, with that that content revolution we had, where people were were writing more to direct them to their yeah. site. I think they were kind of in that uh, another wave of how do we build a marketplace almost, where it's almost like the adage of affiliate marketing, but how do we better that experience with products on our site? And I've noticed that other companies. I mean. Amazon does it. I mean, over in Asia, Alibaba is like one of the the unicorns over mm-hmm. there. And look what they've done with, with e-commerce. So, you know, kind of looking at it from your perspective of, you know, something that's not online. I know you do a lot of things online, but if there's something like offline that you want to kind of share about, you know, a customer, maybe something about your podcast or a blog or something that you kind of, you kind of noticed um, and you're like, we need to pivot there or, you know, you helped a customer, um, you know, ex financial company, and you kind of learn something from there from an e like from from a perspective of, of customer experience. You got something that kind of like comes to mind. You're like, yeah, I want to share that. Um, where you know something that we, you know the company or myself like hasn't shared. Like I, I like to share it online and, and get it out there to kind of share. You know, a little bit about um, you know. Um, I say AVEX, you say AVEX, I'll say AVEX designs, but you know, w- w- just kind of getting your perspective um, of something, you know, that's, that's not online. So like a, a good customer experience, not online. Oh, yeah. that's a tough one. I'm yeah. online too much. That means um, there. Ooh, that's a tough, I, I mean, bringing it back to Apple, I've always had a good customer experience there. I, I, I like how I can go in and, purchase what I want and not interact with someone. <laughs> and this was even before yeah. COVID. I like that I could go in and pick something up. So I, I think a lot of the the companies that are having this kind of automatic, well, I don't know what the term it would be. Maybe it's like um, seamless checkout or cashier checkout. There's yeah. no cashier. It's almost like you have a chat bot or you don't even have to, you don't have to interact yeah, you with just anybody. Go and scan it with your phone. Um, I like, experiences that provide uh, the least friction possible, right? And if you could go in and, and, and get what you need and get out as quickly as possible. Um, but then that depends. Like if 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 you're going to go to, like if I go to a, a, an instrument store to look at some new guitars or something like that, I want to interact with the store. Or I want to talk with them. I want to ask them questions. Uh, so there's, there's certain products and there's certain things that, or if I go in to buy t-shirts, I don't need I don't need a rep to help me. Like I, I really, I honestly, it bothers me when they come over to me and they're like, Hey, can I help you with anything? I'm like, no, I, I, I wear t-shirts oh, yeah. and jeans. I don't really need anything. So like, I'm just going to, I just need to grab what I want and get out of there. Um, and honestly, it's been so, you know, I, 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 we leave the house, we go to eat outside here and like, I'm not, we're not so locked in, but like, I haven't really gone out in months or even before this to, stores unless I really had to. Most of the brands that I wear, I order online. And most of the stores that I go to now are like local stores. And 
their local shop. So it's a great customer experience just because, you know, I know the people that work there. Um, I see them every day or pass them by. They live in the neighborhood. So like it's, it's a completely different world. Um, so I would say like when it comes to like some of those big experiences, like an Apple or something like that, it, it's the technology that, I, that, that they're using uh, is very interesting to be able to kind of almost make it like you're buying it online, but you're in the physical space. So that some way of marrying the physical space with uh, a digital experience is something that is super interesting to me. Hmm. Just taking that in a little bit. <laughs> so you said marrying the digital space with yeah. an experience. Yeah. So kind of like, um, like I said, in Apple stores, like I could walk in with my phone, scan a product and walk out without even talking to a rep. And if we even thought about like 10 years ago, we wouldn't think that that's even a thing. You know, I don't know how soon, how, when they started doing it, but you know, the fact that you could walk in, you don't, you, you pull up the Apple store app on it and check out, like you can't do it with their, their MacBooks and things like that, but you could do it with like headphones or like other products that are on the shelves. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it, it's pretty interesting. And I'm also really interested in what um, like Amazon is planning to do. And I think they're testing it, testing it in some stores where you can do that, where you have your phone acts as like it scans you when you walk in. And depending on what you pick up and actually physically put in your shopping cart, yep, yeah, I it'll saw that. know mm -hmm. what you added. And then you just walk out with it and it charges your Amazon account. So that's a, a a huge thing. That's that's li literally you're putting it into not a, not your e-commerce cart. You're putting it into a physical cart, and it's adding it to a digital cart. So like that is insane that you that that we're in a point where we can do that, where someone could go in and and like you could just add things to a cart and check out. So it's really it's kind of going full so circle, right? So e-commerce was about taking some of those real world elements like add to bag, add to cart, right? And checking out at the cash register. But now we're talking about checking out online. Now we're going full circle where we're going back into the store and we're using a cart and we're checking out, but we're using digital, we're using e-commerce. So it's kind of like a mix between e-commerce. And then then you have like, you know, the Instacarts of the world or like delivery, DoorDash and like uh, Uber Eats and Drizzly and um, Mini Bar, and you could order liquor and you could order uh, food, and it's just like some or someone will shop for you and bring it to your house. I mean, it was if we're good. <laughs> it sounds terrible, but if we were going to have a pandemic, we're living in the right time to have it, just because of all the technology that's around. It's terrible. We, it's, you know, it's a tragic tragedy, and we don't want. It, I didn't want it to happen, but. If this would have happened 15 years ago or 20 years ago, it would have been a completely different experience. Oh, yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. Everything's a little bit more easier to get to your home. Yeah. Um, or transfer it to your home or actually access online. Um, it makes a lot of sense. So bridging off, I really like that, that bridging digital and with an experience. Yeah, bringing digital with a real um, world experience. Yep. So um, enough about... Um, e-commerce and, and how to change the world and more about what, you know, behind John, like, what do you do as, I mean, if you want to encapsulate of um, your work, hobby, health. So why do you do what you do? You know, well, you know, why Avix designs? Um, why be a creative director? Why that? And then you have a hobby that kind of 
um, you can bring back into your work? And then um, what do you do health wise to kind of um, keeps you focused, energized, consistent, effective, efficient. Mm -hmm. So if you want to run through the whole gamut about you. um, Great question. For sure. So the first one was why. I have to circle back to that one. Why, 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 yeah, yeah. Why Avix design? So why, why work? Why get yeah. up in the morning? You're like, I, this is what I do, well, what I do. It's, it's, it's crazy because I was the worst employee. I was not, I was never on time. I was never at the office late. And I was, I would always under deliver, right? It wasn't until I started my freelance business that I really came obsessed with design and development and delivering a great user and customer experience. And that obsession has just grown over time. So right now I am thrilled to be able to wake up in the morning and and it sounds pretty dumb, but look at my email and see what came in, see what interactions. I'm thrilled to look at Slack. I'm thrilled to, you know, have a challenge and and even diving into design myself and and, and working on certain things for Avix. And I'm thrilled to get on phone calls and talk about e-commerce with clients or or on podcasts to talk about marketing and e-commerce and design. So like, it's something that I'm extremely passionate about. And when you're that passionate about something, you really don't mind getting up in the morning and doing the work because it doesn't feel like work. It never feels like work. There are some things that I don't want to do and it kind of sucks, but you know, it still doesn't feel like a job, especially when you're doing it for yourself and for your family. And it's, and it's, it's, um, you're not, you're, you're building something from scratch. So it's, it's, it's my baby. The, the, the agency is, is mine and also my team members. Like I love them and I love that they're, they're like part of the family. Like it's just great to have this team that's just growing. Uh, and I could see things that are, that are happening day to day and week to week. So um, the more effort I put in, the more results that I see. Uh, And that'll lead me to uh, what I do to kind of stay healthy. Because same thing there, the more efforts you put in, the more results you're going to see. Um, So there's a few things. And I Sometimes I'm good with this. Sometimes I fall off, but I try to put together a schedule and try to follow that every day. And what I mean by that is not just a schedule of like calls or or things like that, but specific things that are my mandatory things that I must do uh, from the beginning till the end. Um, and that's going to be you know certain things I do in the morning, spending time with my family. Um, uh, going to the gym in the morning, uh, eating at a certain time and, and trying to not trying to keep those things to be healthy, um, and taking vitamins at a certain time and, and just having that schedule and also keeping a journal and writing at it at the same time every day, or, um, being able to have dinner with the family at around six o'clock ish, which we're approaching on pretty soon. Um, so having those mandatory things that I know that I have to do and dedicating the time, uh, just keeps me active. Um, and health is extremely important because the better you treat your body, the better you treat it, your mind, the more productive that you're going to be. So whether that's running or high intensity training or weightlifting, or, you know, even if you do yoga or meditate or something like that, that's going to really um, strengthen your body, strengthen your mind, you're just going to have better output, you're going to feel better about what you do, you're going to perform better, you're going to be nicer, you're going to be less depressed, uh, all of those things, it, it just compounds over time. John, I think we you ended that very well, <laughs> the whole podcast, because I know you got dinner with your family pretty soon here. So I want to thank you for being on here, talking about Avex, talking about um, 
your journey, basically, it's been an interesting journey. Of, and I think it, it inspires other people of where their passions can lie and, and kind of encapsulating the, the marrying of the, you know, the digital or online with a, a personal experience. Um, I think you just summed up everything perfectly just with that, with that, with everything we were talking about. And that's going to be the headline <laughs> for this episode. Um, but um, really appreciate it. I really appreciate like kind of diving in a little bit about, you know, D2C brands and, and you, you're, what you're seeing um, and a little bit about your offline and, and about you. So I really appreciate that. 